blossom underneath the cloudless sky, and I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply. Oh, I am dwelling in Beulah land. Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth beset on every hand. Doubt and fear and things of earth in vain to me are calling. None of these shall move me from Beulah Land. It is time now for Sounds from Beulah Land, sponsored by Beulah Land Baptist Church under the direction of Dr. Leroy Howe, Senior Pastor. The church is located quarter mile west of 59 on Highway 96 in Queen City, Texas. Here is Dr. Howe. Thank you, Michael. Good morning, radio friends. We're glad you're tuned in today. This is not still in that manger. He grew up and went, away, went on to pay the price for our sins on the cross. Sing another song by a good brother of mine. He has written and played a lot of songs across this country and still plays and a lot of music on a lot of radio stations up in the northern parts and eastern parts of the United States. A man who's blind, been blind ever since he was three days old. But as a master musician, master songwriter, and a master singer, and a real, real little preacher. But he's, uh, this is a recording, a uh, tape recording of him uh, some many years ago, probably, again, 25 or 30 years. But I believe it'll bless your heart when he talks about the rose of Sharon. That's who Jesus is. And though, though he was a baby in a manger, the rose of Sharon, he became our uh, salvation, he became the Christ of the cross, and he was put in a uh, grave, but he didn't stay, and he came out and walked among men, and went to, the, to be to heaven, and now sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for our sins, but the Spirit of Christ lives among us today, and will come into every heart, who will open up to him, and accept him as their Savior. You listen to this song, will you please?
chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Then verse 7, And Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he said, uh, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, when they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And we go on and read the story, but for time's sake this, this, this morning, we want to talk to you a little bit about the story of Christmas and in its beginning. You'll find this story in the book of Luke. Also, you'll find the story of Christmas in the book of Matthew. As we continue on down, we can read it down through verses 16. It tells us about the things that, and like in verse 13, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee unto Egypt, and be thou unto uh, until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And verse 11, I'd like to point your attention to this one too. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then that's what I want to point out to you today in this story. Now, Luke, as I said, gives a, uh, a record of the birth of Christ. Also does Matthew. And some think that it's a contradiction of each other, but I do not believe. I believe that the story that uh, Matthew and Mark, uh, uh, Luke and Matthew told, I believe there's a period of some two years between the two happenings and the two stories that was written about. Uh, the story told by Luke is a different story than that of Matthew. It's not a contradictory story. None of it con one contradicts the other, but it's two different accounts, as I've said, some two years apart. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8, it talks about uh, folks uh, about uh, it spoke about shepherds in the same country. And in Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1, it talks of wise men from the east. In the book of Luke, verse 9, it talks about an angel. In Matthew, verse 2, it talks about a star. In Luke, verse 12, it talks about a baby. In Matthew, chapter 8, uh, verse 8 and 9, tells about a young child. In Luke, it speaks and talks about a manger. In Matthew, it talks about a house. In Luke, it talks about a shepherd returning, glorifying God. Matthew, uh, verse 12, returns to their own country. I'd like to take these two stories this morning, weaving them together, for a right Christmas. A right Christmas, now not a white Christmas. A lot of folks would rather have a white Christmas than a right Christmas. But even if we wanted, and if some 
All of us wanted a white Christmas. We could not all have a white Christmas because we not live in the area that we have snow every Christmas. But it doesn't matter where we live, we could and should, and that's my uh, reasoning and my purpose in this message today is to bring us that regardless of what we have a white Christmas or not, and regardless of where we live, we can have a right Christmas. And that's the important thing. For some, it will be Xmas. They'll mark Jesus out. They'll leave him out. And so, maybe not in word. A lot of folks will put the full name as we use it. Uh, and they'll, But yet, even in uh, action, they leave out Jesus and leave out Christ in Christmas. Some common thoughts and practices of Christmas as we see it today, and I feel like you'll probably agree here. Uh, for many, it is a commercial game. And we find that that's the most busiest time of the year. We see that in the malls and the shopping centers. Now, they're full up. And then they're because they, uh, they're buying and sell those who have to sell. Or this is the time to sell merchandise. And they're taking advantage of this. And it's also it's a time of eating. More eating done this month, and, and in the edge of uh, early part of January, as I understand, than any other time of the year, other than maybe just an Easter Sunday or so. But it's a time of eating. It's a time of a commercial gain, and it's a time of well, we just sometimes just wind up stuffing ourselves, don't we? We eat so much, wind up being sick. Well, and also I find it's a time of gift swapping. And I emphasize the swapping because I found out years ago that a lot of times the, per the spirit of giving is not because one loves another, appreciates them, and just wants to be a blessing to them by giving them a gift, but they think about it and in relationship, did that particular person give them something last year? Or has that person ever given them anything? And they've given them something previously or for the most part every year, but they receive no gift, and so because they've received no gift in return for what they have given, they say, I will not give anymore. Now, that's not true kind of giving. That's not what the Lord's type of giving was. And then there is the general one uh, year-round cleaning, in it? We clean the yard and cut the hedge and trim the trees and, and clean the house and, well, just fix up the car, shine it, polish it. And just tidy up things because, you know, around Christmas time, kin folks who haven't seen since last Christmas just might be dropping in. And so we get everything fixed and work and cook, and they're going to come, and we're all going to get together. We're going to have pies and cakes and, and ham and turkey, and good Lord only knows what. And many just work themselves until really they've gotten themselves sick. And then comes Christmas Day, the day to be enjoyed with the family. They work so hard, made themselves so tired, and they're sick. they just really can't enjoy it. And then the Christmas trees and the parties and the lights. And I love to see beautiful trees and lights. And that does reflect the fact that Jesus comes into this world that you and I might have life, and we might have the light. He, is, he was the light as long as he was in the world, he said. And he left that to us uh, to bear the light, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have a lot of that 
And then we have the old fellow, the old Santa Claus, you know. And I, you know, if you don't forget God, I guess that's all right. But you know, sometimes we push him so much that he's in some lives, especially the lives of our children, we're not careful. We'll talk so much about Santa Claus because they really will not understand or learn the real meaning of Christmas. We, we can do a lot of these things, and I'm not opposed to a lot of these things, providing that it don't overshadow the real purpose of Christmas. Of Christmas. If it don't overshadow the fact that it's Jesus that makes Christmas. It's Jesus that was loved and taught us to love and give himself because he did love us. But you see, uh, it, sometimes we get the emphasis on these other things and it covers up overshadows the Lord Jesus. I remember years ago we used to sing a little song, you know, you better be good and uh, you better watch out and you better be good because Sunday Claus is coming to town. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're good. He knows when you're bad. Now you say, preacher, that's just a jingle. That's just what, and I understand that. But you know, you can sing that over and over and teach it to a child. And a child who's not raised in the church, a child who's not raised, they're taking out the carols now and the Christmas songs out of the songbook. So if they don't really understand the birth, They'll come up five, six, seven years old, and all they know is Santa Claus. And if Santa Claus don't come, their heart will be broken, and they don't will not know the real value of Christmas. That is the Lord's birthday. So what's happened is only one person knows when you're good and when you're bad. You know, only one person knows that, and that's the Lord Jesus. So we need not take the deity of Christ and give it to someone who really does not exist. In general, Christmas has become a, a dread, I, I, a, a headache, and, and I hear expressed, I, my, I sure be glad when it's over. Well, let us compare these two first Christmas morning, right early in these last just few minutes we've got left. The first Christmas morning, they said, go search diligently for the young child. They kept their eye on the light, and it led them to the young child, Jesus. I'll tell you something. You'll keep your light and your eyes on the light. It'll always lead you to God. For Jesus is our light. He's the one that will light our heart and our souls. He's the one that brought light to us. And we'll keep our eyes on Jesus. We'll turn our lives toward God. The life, the Word of God, still leads us to Jesus. That's why I believe it's important that we read and study the Word of God. Because the Word of God, the Bible says, is a lamp under our feet and a light under our pathway. And if we will read the Word of God and let the Word of God speak to us and not be hearers only, but be doers of the Word, we'll turn our lives to the Lord Jesus. So they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And then that was the first thing they did. They searched diligently. I believe at a time like this, each of us ought to search our hearts and ask ourselves the question, are we where, are we doing exactly what God wants us to do? Do we know that we're in his perfect will? Do we know that we're doing the things that we are put here on earth to do? Do we know that we're in the center of his will? They also, they worshiped. And I tell you, where did they worship? 
they worship in his house. The Bible says that they worship in his house. They bowed down before him. They adored him. Notice, beloved, it was him to whom they bowed down to, not Joseph. They didn't bow down to his mother, Mary. They bowed down to him, and they worshipped him. They adored him. And then thirdly, they presented unto him gifts. Notice they didn't give any gifts to Joseph. They gave no gifts to uh, Mary. The gifts they had, they gave them to Jesus. He was a young child. And so gold they gave, frankincense they gave, also myrrh. A gold speaks of kingship. You know, isn't God wonderful that even though this child at this moment was a baby, God revealed to those who sought and presented him with gifts, presented him with gold. A two-year-old child approximately, would you normally want to give them gold? Not unless they were the kind of child that Jesus was. But God foreknew that. And they brought him gold, which was their gift. Uh, speaks of kingship. He was king. Frankincense means it's used, and the uh, ointment they used, and the sense they used in uh, the uh, priesthood. And so, myrrh was ointment that they used in death, as they anointed him for death. He came to die. So those of us who are dead men, the Bible says, "I come that ye may have life, and outside of him." There is no lie. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man can come to me but my the Father. They made known, this is the third thing, they made known of what they had heard and what they had seen. Jesus was their personal, uh, did a personal evangelism, and that's what we ought to do. What kind of Christmas will you have if it is left up to you? He was a baby, but he grew up. He died, he, he, he did die, but he's not dead. He arose. He's no longer in the manger. He's no longer in the grave. He's no longer on the cross. He's in heaven. His spirit is here. But just as all this is history, one thing is still to come. He is coming back again. Are you ready? I, you know, are you, as he's given, he is coming for this. He is coming for his gift. He gave. Now what will we give to him? The song says, I gave my life for thee. My precious blood I shed that thy ransom be and quicken from the dead. I gave, I gave my life for thee. What hast thou given for me? I suffered much for thee, more than tongue can tell, all the rescue, all to rescue from hell. I born, I born it all for thee. What hast thou given for me? Thou was born on the first Christmas and an ornament that would decorate the tree. That's Calvary's tree. And it did. Jesus put his life on the tree. Will you put your life under the tree? And I've brought to thee down from my home above salvation full and free. My pardon and my love. I bring, I bring rich gifts to thee. What hast thou brought for me? He gave his life on a tree, the Calvary's tree. He died for you and me. Will you and I Live for him? That's what I think Christmas ought to really be. By his grace, I renew my vows to walk with him along the way. Listen to my wife as she sings a song as we come to the end of this message in this program today. It's entitled, Come to the Savior. 
I've tried to paint from the leadership of the Holy Spirit today a picture to, the, to you to remind you if you've known the Lord in the past this would be a good time for you to return have a close walk with Him and fellowship with Him. If you've never known the Savior all you've ever known about Christmas is just a, a babe in a manger I, I would invite you to come to see Jesus today that you might know Him not just as a babe in a manger nor a man on, hung on the cross or a man put in the grave but a man that did live, he did die, he was uh, put in the grave, but he rose again, and he rose for my salvation and for yours. And you can have this salvation only for and by the trusting. So listen carefully and listen very prayerfully as this song is sung. And I invite you, as this song does, to come to the Savior, which was that babe in the manger some 2,000 years ago. But now he is your Savior with outstretched arms saying, Come.
home, but you're fleeing in this program. Only seconds left. Turn your heart to Jesus. Child of God, will you turn to Him and say, Lord, I've somewhat walked away from you. I want to come to you today. We stand with outstretched stars. Beg you to come. Will you come? Father, bless this program for your honor and for your glory. Until next week, we pray in Jesus' name.